The following podcast contains spoilers for The Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Miguel Magusto, along with your what? host, Glenjamin Button. That's what? right. I switched it. You're more important what? than me now. That's oh, right. Oh, so sweet. Absolutely. I mean, Marry honest, me. I was always more important than you, but... What? I mean, I just didn't want it to be said out loud, but now my feelings are quenched. <laughs> just kidding. We're, we're equally important. We're like... <laughs> There are no favorites here. <laughs> never, never. Yeah, not how even, you doing? Uh, Not even Handmaiden could, uh, or or the, the other one could uh, top being important more oh, than yes, any other yes. films. For Absolutely a second, not. I was just no like, favoritism. this is a reference I don't get, but it's a reference I make every it, week, so I, I definitely get it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not bad, buddy. How are you? I'm not too bad as well. What did you watch this week? Do you want the Do you want the full list? or Actually, you know what? I'm going to crank the whole list now, because there's a lot this week. Go for it. I didn't watch a thing. Oh, yeah! I did I actually. I was very busy all week editing a lot of stuff, uh, not just for KFR, but uh, but for my other channel as well. Cool, cool. So I was very busy, boy. I didn't even get to watch anything besides the movie. I wanted to watch Nomadland, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to. I had to go to the grocery store yeah. before I got to watch it today. But other than yeah, that, gotcha. uh, that's all I watched. What did you watch? Oh well. <laughs> I guess uh, so. I was about to say I didn't watch much either. Mm. Um, and legitimately, I thought I didn't watch that much. Yeah. But, but looking at what I watched, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies. <laughs> Granted, compared to the end of last year when I was watching like 14 movies a week, mm-hmm. that's not that much, even though that's, it's more yeah, than most people. Not, not I terrible. just, my, my, uh, numbers are askewed because of the end of last year. Yeah, I know. Um, it's- Really hurts everything. So I, I will say, I did not lie in last week's episode. I said that I, I watched Cool Runnings last episode, and I said I was going to watch it again that night. Mm-hmm. And I did indeed watch it again that night that we Look recorded that episode. Uh, showed it to my wife, who enjoyed it, which okay. I'm glad, because it is a... It's a like it's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched it. I wouldn't. I can't say. Yeah, uh, you haven't watched Cool Runnings. No, I did not. Oh my God, Glenn, you you're like you're my second wife. <laughs> you ready to watch it a third time? Yeah, you're my second wife, so you have to watch it. Perfect. Um, so yeah, Cool Runnings. It's great as usual. Uh, then I watched I Care a Lot with Rosamund Pike and uh, Aza Gonzalez. Uh, Peter Dinklage is also there, and it is a good movie, but I fucking hated it. Oh, yeah? Uh, because everyone in it is a piece of shit, and Mm. has no redeeming qualities, and they're the worst people you could imagine, and also, like, Rosamund's Pike character makes a Russian mafia guy look good. Oh. But she's still the hero. Yeah. And the, you could tell the director is just like... Hey, she's bad, but at least she's not like Peter Dinklage. And you're just like, she should be like Peter Dinklage. She, <laughs> she wouldn't take advantage of old people if she was like Peter Dinklage. That's uh, rough. That's, so, that's the new Netflix movie, right? Yeah, it, it is really good, but I hate it, and I'll never yeah. watch it again. Um, <laughs> and it, it's only because of how, how it makes me feel. So like in that sense, it's a good movie because it makes me feel the way I'm probably supposed to feel about it. Yeah. But I also don't like cheering for people to die throughout an entire movie. True. And uh, feeling like a piece of shit because I'm cheering for people to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good movie, but I'll never watch it again, and I hated it. I'm um, just waiting for that one movie where the dog kills everybody instead of like people killing dogs. Yeah. that one? John Wick animated Air Bud, version. Airbud 9. Airbud Nine, but it's John Wick, but reverse, where <laughs> a newly adopted dog has his his human killed and yeah. started killing Rampage. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a the newest Disney animated film. I went to theaters to watch this. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, or Raya and the Last Dragon. I forget mm-hmm. how it's pronounced. Probably Raya, uh, not Zendaya or Zendaya. Uh, I I have no idea. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> but this was a really good movie. Um, it also due to its box office proved to disney who probably won't admit that it proved it but will prove to disney that you need 
movie theaters to make money on movies. Um, 100%. Because it's like Mulan where uh, it is behind a paywall on Disney+, Plus. you know, a service you already pay for to see free movies. Mm -hmm. And it wants you to pay an extra $20 to unlock this one. Uh, And uh, because of that, the third largest theater chain, which is the second largest theater chain that is currently open since Regal's not open, um, Car was it Carmike? I forget what it is, but it, the third largest theater chain, uh, and then the second one that's the largest that's open refused to show it, and because of it, its box office numbers were oh, wow. uh, not great. But also, its online selling numbers were not great either. Why did it refuse to show it? Uh, I think because of it, re- it was a simultaneous release. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure, but you know, Disney probably isn't going to learn a single lesson from this. No. But it is nice to see that uh, you know, studios, regardless of whether they think so or not, still need movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I watched the Chan of Jimmy Blacksmith. We'll get to in a minute. Then I watched a Korean. Uh, movie about a an aspiring wrestler called the Foul King with uh, Kang, uh, uh, Kong Sang Ho or Kang Sang. Why do I always forget his name? Uh, the dad from Parasite. Yeah, Song Kang Ho. Song Kang Ho. He is the the lead character. That's in close. The uh, inspiring, uh, aspiring wrestler, and it's really fucking funny. <laughs> um, it's it's just such a well paced film, and and really funny and it's just and it's also got serious moments you know uh the south koreans like um uh combining genres so yeah. it's it's a solid film and and i highly suggest people check it out uh glenn if you get a chance it is leaving uh the criterion channel at the end of the month so i oh, would watch shit. it before yeah, i gotta hop on that yeah watch before so that is the foul king okay. uh then you and i went to the colonial and watched mm-hmm. the mummy we had another sweet little succulent weekend with we each did. other. It was it great. Was, it was a cute little uh, date that we had, mm-hmm. and we watched The Mummy and, on the big screen. And he held his promise. He made me go see it. Yeah, I did make you go see it, and, and it we, was great. Yeah, and, and, and apparently there was a there was a, like a group of people there who uh, I guess had never seen The Mummy, and it was an interesting conversation afterwards when I went to the bathroom. Yeah, and two of the two of the gentlemen in there were just like, "Yeah, Granny's Granny's uh, wasn't scared at all. She loved it. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty good." No, that's very good. Yeah, that's that's very good. Yes, that's good. <laughs> they like went back and forth saying that's good six times, and I've never had a more interesting experience in the bathroom yeah. uh, that I know of. And you least. were waiting for them too, right? Yeah, I was just I was just <laughs> chilling. I'm like, that's good. I just got pee. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's you know it's a classic. Uh, mm-hmm. It was both of our first times watching it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you gotta love Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. And you gotta uh, gotta love Michael for taking me on a sweet little date. Oh yeah, it was it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then I watched the Thin Red Line, which is a World War II movie uh, directed by Terrence Malick. It is it was his first movie after like a twenty year hiatus between seventy eight and nineteen ninety eight, um, and it's a really good movie. But like. There's a little story behind this where Adrian Brody, it's based on a book, and Adrian Brody was cast as the character who was the lead yeah, in the book, and he was the lead on the script, but then Terrence Malick in the editing room removed pretty much every single one of his scenes. Jesus. So he, he's only in it for like 10, 15 minutes at the end. And, Interesting. Uh, you know that that's not like the first time that happened, and I'm 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 sure if uh, he had been upfront with Adrian Brody, Adrian Brody would be like, "Well, that's kind of shitty, but I appreciate you letting me know." Yeah, uh, and, and uh, you know, put in a good word for me the next time I go on an audition. But instead, Terrence Malick let Adrian Brody find out at the premiere. <laughs> What he is expecting to see himself as the lead in this in this it film. It just adds up. You know, you were in this movie, right? Yeah, I can't wait. You're not though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a good movie, but like Terrence Malick's kind of shitty for pulling that. Yeah. And um, even the short end of the stick. Yeah, and it's like the first time that he started experimenting with just completely changing a movie in the editing room, mm-hmm. which again I don't have a problem with. But be upfront with your actors about it. Yeah. Be like, just because you're in this movie doesn't mean you will be in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty um, messed up. Yeah, very messed up. But beautiful film overall. Uh, I think my biggest problem with it, which is my biggest problem 
with Terrence Malick movies in general is when there's multiple narrators that have similar sounding voices, there's not enough distinction for you to know who's talking. And, yeah. and unlike other directors who would show the person who's talking on screen, like even if they're narrating, they'll show their reaction to something. Terrence Malick will show like Jim Caviezel's voiceover for Dash Mihawk's character arc, which is really fucking weird. Um, but also because they all sound the same if you don't have subtitles on. Yeah. You're just like, oh, it, it, it's connecting. But no, it's not connecting. No, it's not. Yeah. Like like Jim Caviezel's on the other side of the mountain when this is happening. How does he know how Dash Mihawk feels about it right now? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a good movie, though. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, then the, I watched this little movie. Uh, you might know the producer's name. Um, he's this uh, guy from uh, uh, Korea. His name is Kim Jong-il. Do you know a Kim Jong-il? It's never rung a bell. No, no, it's no. Never, it's never, uh, well, it hasn't he, at all. You know, he's not really known for movies. He's known for mm. being a massive dictator uh, for North oh, Korea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, he produced a movie in the eighties. Oh, that's crazy! Uh, <laughs> called it's a monster movie called Polgasari. Interesting. And it is available in its entirety, uh, propaganda and all, on YouTube. Gorgeous, <laughs> gorgeous. So I watched that and. It is better than I expected a North Korean film to be. Yeah. But it is not good. <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, you take it with a, a large grain of salt. Yes. Even though you don't expect much. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's... What was it even about? It's a, it's a monster movie. It's, it's so it's essentially about this, uh, this um, uprising by peasants, which I found surprising because... Very interesting, yeah. That is like North Korea's biggest fear is that if yeah. there's ever a... Well, it's not really a fear because they would just kill them all. Yeah. But like, if if they somehow uprise... I don't also know the history of North Korea and how the Kims mm -hmm. came to power there, so maybe it's like some myth that happened along the way there. Excuse me. And, um... But yeah, so... so uh one of a blacksmith is uh, imprisoned and he makes a little uh, monster toy out of rice. And then when he dies, the the daughter, his daughter gets a hold of that toy and while sewing cuts her finger and the blood lands on the rice monster toy who then comes to life. Starts eating iron uh, like he he ate uh, the little uh, a sewing needle first, mm -hmm. and he gets bigger and bigger every time he gets metal. Interesting. And so he goes from like a little no bigger than your thumb toy to being sixty seventy feet tall. And wow, that's a lot of iron. Yeah, it is a lot of iron. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It, it was yeah. it was interesting to watch, but it was not good by any means. No, um, absolutely not. Yeah, but but that's all I watched. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you got any news for this week? Uh, I do have a little tad bit of news. It's kind of hilarious, actually. Um, mm. Let's see. Let's see. We got uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League was temporarily available on HBO Max a week early. Ooh. And funnily enough, the way you could do this was by not doing anything about wanting to watch the Justice League at all. If you actually had bought uh, Tom and uh, Tom and Jerry, the new movie that's out on HBO Max, uh, it actually, instead of showing Tom and Jerry, you got the Snyder Cut. Which uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people were very confused. It was, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they did. If they took that off and were like, "Oh well, sh shit, wait, we fucked up." I think it's. I think it's hilarious enough that like they try to prevent so many leaks from ever even happening in the first place, and then they just drop their own bomb. You know, like they mm -hmm. just leaked it all. They were like, "Well, shit." <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's that. There's a Snyder cut was. You know, shown instead of Tom and Jerry when people bought Tom and Jerry. I'm sure people. That, that reminds me of the days. I don't know if you were ever at um, Regal when it was film. Uh, I think it was right before I, I started working there. Every now and then, I never did this because I, I was actually very. When I was a projectionist, I actually paid attention. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, the uh, not as professional um projectionists <laughs> yes would accidentally start an r-rated movie for a kid's movie beautiful be because they you know sometimes movies share yeah, theaters share screens like they'll have two two uh 
two showtimes for one movie and two showtimes for another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the worst one that happened was um, that uh, Borat, the first Borat started oh for a kid's movie. I don't remember what it was because, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> that's the that's the side note. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, the, the, the headline there is Borat started for a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily... It was stopped within like two, three minutes, but you know, there's some cur- there's some cursing in there. There's nothing overtly sexual or anything. It's just cursing yeah, in the like, first three minutes. You know, in the, the like the third of the movie where the naked men are jumping on top of each other. Is, exactly. You know, so it got stopped before that. But that's, that's you know, good. Uh, and then and then uh, another one was like this R-rated horror movie that has a terrifying beginning, and all those kids were scarred. Mm-hmm. But you can't help but laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if, so if people wanted to see the Snyder Cut, they got to see it by accidentally, well, yeah. not accidentally, by just watching Tom and Jerry. So that was that was a fun little time yeah. that I found out two days ago. I think. There you go. What about you, my my dear old friend? You have uh, I got nothing, so I guess we okay. should just get into the film, Let's which is the chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. I'll give you two pounds, twelve shillings. That was start tomorrow. It's my brother Mort. It's a good worker, Mr. Lewis. All right, then. You get seven and six a week, sleep in the stables, no boots. Fair enough, boss. Two quid's all you're getting. But it ought to be twelve shillings more. Thanks a lot, boss. I understand you're going to marry a white girl, Mr. Blackson. Yes, miss. Is she all white, Mr. Blacksmith? I spoke to your husband. You know we haven't got anything to eat, boss. I've got a hungry wife and a kid at home. I told him I can't go on forwarding and groceries. Forwarding? I earned everything you've given me and more. You'll only lose that child of yours if you stay with the blacks. They keep doing this. Don't you talk to me like that. I'll soon bloody... declared war. Jimmy Blacksmith, the son of an aboriginal mother and a white father, falls victim to much racist abuse after marrying a white woman and goes on a killing spree and finds himself on the run in the aftermath. It is uh, directed by Fred Shapisi, uh, written by Fred Shapisi based on the novel by Thomas Keenley. Uh, it is, or Keneally, uh, it is starring Tommy Lewis, Freddie Reynolds, Ray Barrett, and Jack Thompson. And it came out in 1978. It is obviously Australian, if that wasn't clear, mm-hmm. uh, by the use of the word Aboriginal. Um, not that that strictly means from Australia, but the, yeah. they're the ones that use it more frequently because Americans are dumb. <laughs> they are. It's really yeah. hard to argue against that. Yeah, uh, and uh, I feel like this synopsis doesn't really do it justice because it makes it's it it makes it sound like he's accepted by society until he marries a white woman, mm-hmm. when in reality he's never accepted by yeah, society. He's never accepted it at all, and he's abused from the beginning uh, by people trying to take advantage of him, promising him money uh, for doing work, and then making bullshit reasons to not give him as much as they agreed on, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, uh, fuck white people, pretty much. For real, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? Um, I I didn't really go into this really, obviously, knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was it was a very uh, surprising thing to uh, see how very forward it all was with how racial it was. Um, I mean, it's not it's not like I'm not used to those films because we are both. You yeah. Know, major guys in the film industry, but I was just very surprising how, if it felt like, you know, a movie we would see like uh, 12 Years a Slave or anything like that, it, it felt yeah. like that, but obviously in the 70s. So there's, because there's uh, just 
uh, words. Like I, I really don't feel comfortable saying it, but there. And I they don't were, think you should say them. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of words thrown around that uh, slandered certain kinds of people, and it definitely it took took you by surprise if you weren't expecting it at all. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, in in a movie like this where it's accurate, I think it's a it's a good thing. But like, uh, you know, to to portray that, so it's not like a. It's telling it how accurate it was. It was it was how to describe this. It was nice to see something that was portrayed accurately, yeah. and just to see how fucked up genuinely people could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, specifically white people are. I mean, back in the day for sure. We're just not not cool people, you know, back yeah, then, in the not slightest. At all. Uh, no matter if they were, you know, American or just, just people altogether. Yeah. Just, it, it's, it's, it really sucks to see how, like, uh, whether it's in a movie or not, whether it's, like, a, just to see the hardships that people faced through these times and stuff like that. And this, this movie definitely helped show that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. In the uh, Australian way. Yeah, and I completely agree. You know, like a, a movie coming, a movie like this coming out now would not be surprising, mm-hmm. but coming out in the seventies when, at least in the United States, people avoided this kind of topic, yeah, uh, as much as possible. Uh, I I found out while kind of researching this that this is actually based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Aboriginal man, his name was Jimmy uh, Governor. Um, and you know, essentially the same thing is that he, he married this white woman, uh, all of these people who promised him money weren't doing it. They were, they were treating him like a, a, a child or an animal and, and he just kind of lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, it's just in, in the real life story, it's not as planned. Yeah. Like he, uh, in this, he kills them with an ax, but he also arms himself with an ax when going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas at least from what I read, obviously I wasn't there and I haven't read like the actual book or anything other than, uh, a few paragraphs on the Wikipedia page. Uh, he had, he hit him with like a walking stick yeah. and, and, um, just bludgeoned them to death that way. Um, so it was it was less pre uh, less oriented in that way. Yes, so. exactly. Less less um, uh, predetermined and, and and all that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just it, you're completely right. Like just even even the words that like I didn't even know were slurs, and it's not because you know we uh, use them here and and just unknowingly use them here. It's just I I think they're just. Uh, Australian slurs like uh, mm-hmm. one that, and I apologize I'm, just so people know if you haven't watched it or, or if you did watch it and were wondering what that meant uh, he gets called Jacko a lot which you know here that would probably just be like oh hey Jack like yeah, just a, a nickname but apparently uh, it's like the Australian version of calling someone a monkey which is it's definitely fucked up. Yeah. So like a- after I looked that up, I looked it up like probably 20 minutes in because he gets called that a lot. In yeah, the first honestly, 20 minutes. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. I was just like, oh, they keep calling him call him Jacko a lot. Like, look, is that like a Australian like term of friendship? No, no, it is not. No. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the, I think the thing that made me kind of curious about it is that he didn't respond at all. And, and you know realistically so like back then they would have essentially no way of responding without getting the shit beat out of them unfortunately uh and um it just does a really this film does a really solid job of putting you in in his mindset making you understand why he would do what he did mm-hmm. and and uh while you may necessarily not respond in the same way he really had no other option because he was essentially a dead man either way yeah they uh, were they were they were playing games with him the whole time and they yeah. i mean they were not just giving genuine, him what he was owed and yeah throughout throughout the whole thing like anybody you really there was really one or two characters that actually uh more or less weren't assholes <laughs> um for sure but everybody was playing these games and pushed him until he was over the edge and then once he was over the edge well he he came a swinging uh play stupid games you win stupid prizes is basically the summarization well a brutal summarization to what happened in this movie for sure yeah. um but like i don't know how i mean obviously this this is a movie about it like uh real people but like 
even in real life, like how do you not, do you, how do you berate people so comfortably all the time and not expect them to fucking just snap yeah. is beyond me. Like how do you just treat people like crap all the time? It, uh, it's, it's, it's really mind-blowing, honestly. Yeah, and I, 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 what, the thing that shocks me is that, like, the reason they did that back then is because they considered them animals. hmm But if you do that, like, even the smart person knows that if, and I hate to use this euphemism because it, it's a popular one, but I think it's atrocious. It's like, if you kick a dog enough, mm-hmm. he's gonna bite back eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's a breaking point for every creature, and, and, like... To a point where they don't care if they die anymore. Yeah. They're just human, gonna, human or animal. It's just yeah, and and uh, and I I know the mindset back there because they were very racist and just terrible fucking people all around back mm-hmm. then. Uh, uh, that I know why they said it, but like to say it without expecting any retaliation. Yeah, um, is is crazy to me and another thing like just the, the complete disregard for human life and and this isn't even like a, a racism thing like this happened as pretty much as soon as photography was a thing people loved taking pictures with dead bodies mm-hmm. and and they they do that with uh i think his name's marv um jimmy's cousin yeah uh who is uh you know he's he's younger than him he he goes on the run with him. He he's not the one that did any killing. Uh, um, was it Mort? Mort, Mort, Mort. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Played by Freddie Reynolds. Uh which that name sounds familiar. I wonder if he's in other stuff. Um no, no he's not. Um <laughs> but he uh so he, like he, he's like the most innocent out of everyone in yeah, this film. Mort, Mort's just uh he's he's Jimmy's brother. He's just always laughing, always giggling around yeah. even when just nothing's happening. <laughs> And the only violence he commits is in self-defense. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he might be a, a little um, ignorant of exactly what's going on, but, you know, he's he only commits violence in self-defense, and then he just gets the most horrific penalty. Uh, and, and that's not to say that, you know, um, I think it's his uncle, the older man that helps him kill people, Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or just, uh, it's not even, I hate to use like the word kill cause they're definitely just in like a blind rage at that point Yeah, where, you know, if I'm being pushed enough, I'm probably going to do the same exact thing. I luckily have not been pushed enough cause yeah. I probably would do the same thing. Um, but you know, all, all of their treatment, even after the fact is horrific and they don't really get a fair trial. Uh, and, but Mort is like not even, he, he's just like praying when he gets shot by the people chasing him. And it's mm-hmm. just, he was just literally sitting there. Yeah. He's, he's praying, he's chanting and, and then he gets shot. And then the next scene is they're taking a uh, photograph of them. And it's just like the fact that there's even people today, not to get political, but like people who, who want to see public executions of politicians and shit is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That you want to see that shit. Yeah. Like, Remember I don't. The, uh, the last big one was what? Saddam Hussein, I think, for, for us at least. Uh, uh, yeah. I like, mean, I mean, big one. Yeah. Like the video was sent around and everything. Yeah. Like, I, I, the person who showed that to me showed me, showed it to me without telling me what it was. And I, I just lost it on him. Like, why would you show me that without telling mm-hmm. me what it is? Like, I don't want to see that shit. I don't care how much I hate someone. I don't want to see anyone die because that's not shit you can forget. Yeah. And, it's, it's, it's a weird. It's a weird interest that people have for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm I understand like morbid curiosity. Like I, yeah. I have that too, but I leave that with just true crime documentaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I don't mind hearing about how people died, but I sure as hell don't want to see it. Yeah. Um and it just baffles me how heartless people can be, even like in extreme cases of hate. Yeah. It's uh it's it's fuck it's nutty for sure. Yeah. Um and this, this this movie doesn't really hold back too much. I mean, no, it, not it, at uh, all. Which is surprising yeah. for the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I mean, that's it, that was a nice thing to to see, kind of like a yeah, just it's an eye opener, is what I shall call it. Eye opener. Absolutely. Even like like it's it's nice to see that it's just not America. I mean, it's not nice to see it all. Period. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, but I know what you mean. It makes you. It's 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 nice knowing that it just wasn't like all us for sure. Yeah. But still, the really shittiest thing to ever happen. 
Yeah. It's it's definitely like I mean and and the mistreatment of aboriginals in Australia is still happening to this day. Uh granted it's still happening for uh native americans for nation, first nation people in North America as well. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm sure South America as well just the way that you know Anglo-Saxons and Europeans have just treated people uh and I'm sure uh Asian countries as well. I just don't know that much about it but you know just the old world enforcing their culture on the new world is just atrocious mm-hmm. altogether. And I often just think about all of the cultures lost. Um, there's a movie that came out called uh, Nightingale. I, I talked to you about it a little bit. Um, and it's it's more about like a woman's revenge, but she is also helping or, or she's being helped by an Aboriginal man. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember if it was a text at the end or if it was said in the movie, but essentially like their languages are all dead. And the, the, the native languages that they have now are like a combination of all the tribal languages. Wow. And, and just so many cultures are just lost. And you think of like the Aztecs and the Mayans and mm-hmm. yeah, we have little bits of their culture, but like we don't, they're gone. And it's just, I, the world would be so much more interesting if, yeah, if everyone, if 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 uh, colonialism wasn't forced upon them, yeah, if everything just wasn't wiped out, we'd have so much more, you know, sharing yeah. everything instead of just you know wiping it out. It's just so yeah. dumb. And then people are just like, oh well, we wouldn't be as advanced. Who fucking cares? Yeah, and even like we probably still would, because you know automobiles were created by Europeans or or Americans and. Uh, film was created by European and Americans. Like, I mean, sharing sharing the information versus destroying other would exactly. would have definitely helped us more. I think. I yeah, mean, be like, I, hey, I don't know. We got this thing. You can use it if you want to, but you absolutely don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this is your land. We're also, not going to take. We're going to stay over here now. <laughs> yeah. Call Sick. us if you need us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that I mean that's obviously just a perfect world, and people yeah. back then were more ignorant. Um, but yeah, I mean the the performances in this, specifically by Tommy Lewis, uh, mm-hmm. I think this is his first role, or at least definitely his first lead role. Yeah, um, yeah, first role in general, and he is really great in it. I think the actor who plays Mort, uh, Freddie Reynolds, he's incredible in it as well. Um, and then S- Steve Dodd. And l- I mean, listen, they they even have like colonialized names, which I would be mad about if I were them. I can't speak for them if they were mad about it, but if I had colonialized <laughs> names, I would be mad about yeah. it. Uh, Steve Dodd played uh, Tabiji, who is the older man that helps him kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all of the performances across the board were fantastic. Yeah, I, I really liked. Uh, I don't. I don't. Who was who was the guy at the end? Like the scholar dude who was talking to them. I really liked. The one they kidnap? Yeah, I can't remember um, his name off the top of my head. Let, I'll, I'll look through this. Uh, yeah, but it, I, 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 I liked his character as far as like, uh, as far as like him like trying to like be like a kind of middle ground. It seemed yeah at first, or not at first, just period, um, and just just trying to what the one there was one scene where him and uh, Mort were kind of or Jimmy and Mort were kind of like arguing back and forth, and he said this one line of like target like. If you're arguing against two different evils, you might as well shoot your both both of them in the heart or something like that. And I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, uh, cool cool line, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was uh, Gilda, who was definitely the nicest fucking character besides you know the the baby thing. Um, she just seemed like someone who actually genuinely cared about our our main character Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, which which was nice because throughout the whole film you just see him getting shit on by really everybody he sees, mm-hmm. and it was nice to see somebody actually, for sure, uh, caring about him in some sort of way, and that he also cared back was really was really nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, still haven't found that that character's name. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's uh, Gilda was just trying to make the best out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of show her as a promiscuous woman in the beginning. So, like the her the the kid not being his is I don't think was intentional. I think she legitimately thought 
that it was his kid. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they still tried to make it work. Um, yeah. Even though it wasn't his kid, he he tried to be a good husband. He tried to provide for the kid that's not his. Um, and it. Things just went south yeah. when when people were being dicks, you know. Yeah, exactly, and it, it's just this. It's a, such a hard movie to talk about because it is such a political film, mm-hmm. and like it's hard to talk about it without yeah. talking about politics. <laughs> it, it, and if most people know, I'm not a very political person at all. So it's, it's, I'm not either. I just, I know what is bad, and I'm just shocked when I see people not realizing things are bad. Yeah, that is the probably about as political as i get yeah Um, that's yeah same pretty much it's but yeah this was just a fantastic film Uh, it even did a good job at showing like how some aboriginals were just like disenfranchised and didn't even respond to their own monuments being taken like uh when Mm -hmm. uh there was um i i don't know the term they used Uh, if you remember it helped me out but it's like the stack of rocks um, no, I, I, I remember the scene. I definitely don't remember the, yeah. the name of it, though. And, and the, the teacher is trying to help them put it together, mm-hmm. uh, which just shows you, like, he's, he, uh, I mean, he's he's still a colonial uh, colonial colonist, but he's he has a, a reverence for their culture in a way. Um, and he's trying to put it together, but even Jimmy's just like, it's it's broken. Like, there's no point. What are we yeah. doing? Um and the I, I know that to some Aboriginal tribes, the giant stones that they have there are, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, not spiritual, but like they're sacred in a way. Yeah. Uh, and there's just graffiti all over them. And they're kind of just like not upset about it and the teacher's even more upset about it in a way mm-hmm. and, and it's just kind of it just shows you how belittled they've been that even uh mort and uh jimmy are just like yeah it, yeah it's, it's a thing it's there it's a thing um and it, it's really just kind of sad in that sense it's it's, it's a very sad movie but i really i really liked it <laughs> yeah the same no same here yeah uh if you I, I don't think I have too much more to say, honestly. Uh, yeah, do. me neither. I think the, the last thing I have to say, let me just go through my notes real quick, make yeah, sure yeah. I didn't miss anything. Um, oh, the the thing that got me, and fucking of course this would happen the week that Meghan Markle, her interview with Oprah came out, but people, uh, before they knew the kid wasn't his, kept asking him if he's worried about uh, the the kid's skin being too dark. Mm-hmm. And just like planning, oh, so well, he might be a little bit dark, but maybe your grandkid won't be dark. Yeah, it was like in the beginning and, of the, well, pretty much the beginning where yeah. they were talking and, about, well, then it would be half, and then it would be quarter, and then yeah. eighth, and it would slowly just go away. And that shit that's still happening with the English royal family, like mm-hmm. it's it's fucking disgusting. But like I I I watched this before that interview came out, and it just kind of I threw me off guard when i heard megan markle talking about that i was like jesus christ i thought it was stuff we were over but yeah also, I, uh, I knew we weren't over it but I, I would hope that you would think we would be yeah but, you know still got a um, long ways to go apparently yeah it, it's just just the, the the subtle jabs that they have at him uh and the not so subtle ones but like one one uh of his uh employers tells him to pretend he's a gentleman um or like he says you can wear boots if you want if you want to pretend you're a gentleman saying that like even if you act like a gentleman you're not a gentleman and um the thing that i think is the most important about this film is that he's not dumb or naive Mm -hmm. he's not someone that's uh being taken advantage of because he doesn't know better he knows better he's he's an educated man yeah and that's what makes him angry yeah um it's, it's and he just, even calls people who aren't educated and like out on the spot too. Yeah, and him being pressured to be racist towards his his uh, you know fellow Aboriginals, mm-hmm. and, and you just see him being torn apart from both sides. That like he he really is. I I don't want to say unwelcomed on on uh, the Aboriginal side, but he definitely di- feels different from them. Yeah, uh, and then. At the end, unfortunately, it takes killing a bunch of white people, uh, or n- not unfortunately, because I was cheering for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, but uh, the uh, he he felt different from them until 
he did something to fight back for his Aboriginal side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was very important. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie overall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So yeah, with that being said, let's get into the judgment. Uh, it is my pick, so that means I go first for whether or not this is a shelf boy. Uh, I honestly, I was going to pick this movie two months ago, and then I watched the trailer, and I wasn't too impressed with the trailer. But then the the plot of it just kept like eating at me, where it just, it just sounded like a very interesting plot. Yeah, and I the th- thing I was worried about is that it would be very outdated. And would not have aged well, but it aged incredibly well. Yeah, especially and, in today's standards, for sure. Yeah, and, and it's just a fantastic film, uh, and very important film that, unfortunately, is still topical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, of course, am going to say that this uh, is worthy of being a shelf boy. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm going to also say the same. Obviously, it's it's an eye opener. I mean, if if you're going to sleep on a movie that's an eye opener, that's kind of your problem. Yeah. Um, and if you don't see the problems we have and say this, well, this movie doesn't attain to the, these problems that we have, well, then you're also wrong. Um, but I, this is a great movie. Um, I, I mean, that's all that really needs to be said. I mean, yeah. for real. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm legit. Like, even though it took two months, I'm yeah. really glad that I eventually picked this. Yeah, picked same, this movie. Same here. Uh, so, with that being said, the chant of Jimmy Blacksmith makes it onto the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden and Victoria and. What was last week? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Onibaba. Onibaba, yes. So, yeah, plenty of sh- shelf boys. Not plenty just two. Sh- no favoritism. No favoritism. None. And it's not just because those are the two that I remember. Uh, <laughs> and became a joke after we had more than ten on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our plugs for this week. Uh, my plug for this week is um, I was going to plug that Kim Jong-il movie on YouTube. Yeah. Uh Again, if you want to watch it, check it out, uh, Pol, Pol Gasari, uh on YouTube. It's not good, which is why I ultimately didn't pick it. Yeah. But it is interesting to watch if you're interested in, like, culture from a uh, dictatorship. Yeah, especially um, from a, a place where you don't really see anything coming out of there. Often. Exactly. <laughs> that 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 is what piqued my interest the most. Yeah. And that Kim Jong-il produced it because um, he's obsessed with Hollywood. Uh, but... Uh, last night, I, w- I actually discovered a band. Legitimately, last night discovered this band mm-hmm. that immediately just pushed Kim Jong Il to the side. Yeah. Uh, it is the band uh, Whale Bones, uh, which is a. I feel apparently, like I've heard of them before. Apparently, they're an emo band from Indiana, but like new emo. Their first album is like new emo, where it's not super whiny. It's just kind of like indie rock sounding. Yeah, but their lyrics are maybe a little depressing, which is probably why people call him emo. Mm-hmm. But then specifically I'm pitching their second album, which came out last year called the doors are locked. The blinds are closed. I am not home, which is it's like everybody uh, who's a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, it is a uh, deeply personal album to the, uh, the lead singer who uh, it's a, it's kind of about his struggle with religion and uh, somewhat religious abuse and also self-hatred and stuff. So it, it still has those emo tones, but I'll be damned if the music behind his vocals, it's like all orchestration. Yeah. Um, so it's not even like rock and roll anymore. It's like a guitar, but also strings, but also trumpets and brass mm-hmm. and flutes. And it's, it's, inc- it's an incredible album. And specifically, on the doors are locked, the blinds are closed, I am not home. There's a song called Persona Non Grata, which is fucking phenomenal. And I listened to it conservatively ten times last night before oh, going to bed. Don't you love when you find that song that you want to just listen to on repeat? Yeah. I so, love that. <laughs> so that is Whale Bones, uh, the song Persona Non Grata. On the album, the doors are locked, the blinds are closed, I am not home. But just Whale Bones in general. And that is my plug for this week. <laughs> Let's go.
For me, mine's gonna go a, a little bit in a different end. Still on, uh, still on to like YouTube and stuff, though. Since Ooh. we were talking about Kim Jong Il, but very, very far away from that sort of thing. Uh, everybody who knows me knows I love food. I can't stop. When I was in high school, pretty much all I used to watch is just cooking show stuff. I, know, I don't. I'm not a cook in any way, but it just fascinates mm-hmm. me, and I drool over it. I just love eating food. It's great. I also uh, love eating food. And I, and I came across a nice little channel that I've just been glued to ever since. Like, uh, literally after, I think after the podcast, I just started watching these and haven't stopped really. It's like all, all these things that are nice, easy to make, better, better ways to make a certain thing. Uh, and the channel and the man himself is Joshua Wiseman. Uh, he's mm-hmm. on YouTube. He, he does all these different things. He, he shows you how to make make different types of bread, make different types of meals, make better versions of like McDonald's or just like a, but better is the series. Uh, So like he would go and make a Chick-fil-A sandwich, but his own version of it. Uh, But he also has like a different category called, but cheaper. So people who can't necessarily get all those ingredients to make all these like (laughs) meals that would add up if you were to home make it, he Mm -hmm. makes it ways to where you can also do it cheaper and, maybe under like 10 bucks and stuff like that so it's it's really nice and he's he's just like a a nice uh, great personality to attach to while you're watching these things so not yeah. only are you laughing you're also learning and you're learning and you're laughing it's it's really fun i enjoy it it's really what you want kind of out of a cooking uh either show or just you know little little video so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug that Joshua Wiseman on YouTube. Okay, so today we are making the Chick Fil A sandwich, but I've had conversations with many people, both professional and unprofessional, in the world of cuisine, and I've expressed my concerns about this sandwich. Not that there's anything wrong with it, I just think that it's overrated. So today we're going to prove why we can make it much better. I don't know why I'm talking in that cadence. With all that said, let's make this, shall we? Oh my God, is that the line? What's with the chicken line? I like chicken, I mean, I, I get it. Chicken is jemmy. Can I just get two Chick-fil-A sandwiches? Thank you. Thank you, Darth, they weren't. God damn it, they're so polite here. Looks like somebody took care of that sign. When those Chick-fil-A employees go home, they like throw up. After having to be nice for so long, I would I would throw there up. There it is. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also, uh, to go back to a plug that I had a few months ago, James A. Caster's Cold Lasagna Hate Myself 1999 is now available to purchase on Vimeo. Yes! So, so you could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn, I'll give you my password to Vimeo. Yes, please. Under the table. That is a side plug because I already plugged it this year yeah. back when I <laughs> accidentally pirated it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't but, know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our assignment for next week. Glenjamin Bunn, it is your turn to pick. What is our assignment for next week? All right. So there's this movie <sighs> that's been... Uh, <laughs> there's, this, there's this movie that has been on the back of my brain for a long time uh and i never knew the name of it but i always had it in the back of my mind you watched it when you were younger like your parents watched it or something like that mm-hmm. and you're always like what is that movie what is that movie like i know the scene i know the thing but you never remember it i finally found it and it's actually on amazon prime it's on other uh platforms too but you actually have to rent from those but on amazon prime it is free if you have it um it's got brad pitt in it and also uh, a lot of cartoons. So it's kind of like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but uh, probably very much dirtier. Um, I'm mm. not sure how this movie goes. I don't uh, know if you're going to hate me after I say this, but the movie is called Cold World, or I'm sorry, Cool World, and it came out in 1992. It's got Brad Pitt. Where, where's, where's my I am Dibbis? Where are you? Uh, there it is. Cool World. When Jack Deebs was behind bars, he found escape by creating Cool World, a cartoon series featuring a vixen named Hollywood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the flesh proves weaker than ink. However, as Holly takes human form in Las Vegas. Uh, well, I butchered that sentence, but you get the idea. Uh, director <laughs> Ralph uh, Bosky, um, written by Michael Grace, uh, Mark Vec. 
Victor. I'm now dying right now, as it appears to be. Let You're me check fine. my pulse real quick. You're doing there fine. There it is. Sweating now profusely. It stars uh, Gabriel Br- <laughs> Gabriel Byrne, uh, Kim Bassinger, Jenny Bren, and Basinger. then obviously that's what I said. And then <laughs> and then Brad Pitt, of course. So there's that. How that's gonna go, I have no idea. The ratings on IMDb say four and a half out of five stars. Metacritic is twenty eight. IMDb says four point nine out of yeah. ten. So this uh, could go a very fun way. During his ten years in prison, Jack Deeps created his own world. It made him very successful. You're Jack Deeb's the creator of Cool World, right? I can't believe this. Now he thinks he's going home to the real world. But he's wrong. Real wrong. Welcome to my world. You're not in Kansas anymore! Freeze. Cool World Police. I'm a cartoonist. I drew all this. This place exists with or without you. I have only seen images from this and maybe maybe one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I didn't know the name, but I knew what movie you were talking about when you said Brad Pitt and animated characters. Yep. Uh, so it is iconic question mark. Question mark is uh, very big there. Yeah. It, this I, is a movie that's that I've it's had in the back of my mind. I'm like, I've seen it before. I yeah. gotta I gotta find out yeah. what the deal with this was. So that is Cool World from nineteen ninety two, available on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can check out our website, www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review, Twitter, Keystone underscore film, Facebook, Keystone Film Review, YouTube, Keystone Film Review, and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when maybe Brad Pitt's horny from some cartoons? I don't know. It's <laughs> it's a weird-looking movie, but we'll see. It's going to be funky for sure. Yes, it will. Yes, <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.